Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11 today, if you would. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll be there in a few moments. I'll ask you to stand when we read God's Word. This is known as a great faith chapter, and I think can provide us some guidance in our offering this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, let me direct your attention to the 24th verse, <clears throat> where Moses is being referenced here by the Lord. The Bible says, and by faith Moses when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather, that's the title of our message today, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses made a choice here in the text. He chose to diminish himself for the sake of other people, which is a concept we see throughout the Word of God. Verse 26, why did he do that? Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now, this kind of choice of esteeming other people's first is something that the Apostle Paul referenced in his speaking to the church of Corinthians, of the Corinth. They were struggling to give, and they, they weren't making this choosing rather kind of decision. And so it says there, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. Our Heavenly Father, I pray the next few moments that you might use your word, Lord, to speak to our hearts, Lord, for the purposes of directing what we might do in terms of our giving or our choice Lord, what we choose as a priority in the coming year. And so, Lord, I ask for your help, and I ask that we'd all listen in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for standing. Well, again, this morning brings us to the end of our Missions Emphasis Month. For three weeks, we've had the opportunity to hear from missionaries, as we did this morning, missionaries on the field, those on deputation, We've listened to preachers preach sermons from God's Word on the need around the globe for the gospel and how you and I can be involved in giving toward that great need. And if you and I have been listening, if we have been taking what we're doing seriously and have a responsibility here, then we've also prayed about what we might do this morning and how we can be involved. So that's all that's left for us now to do is to make a decision. We have to choose. Uh, there's a blank piece of paper in front of us. So now a choice is presented to us. What will we choose to give? And knowing that in that choice we will be, uh, you know, maybe abandoning or giving something else that we could have bought with the money that we are choosing to give to missions. We have before us a choice that will reflect what we esteem. That choice will reflect our priorities, what we care about, what we say we have faith in. It's going to be a reflection of the esteem and part we have for Christ. And that is what I want to speak to you one more time about this morning, is choosing and esteeming. And what are the things that we choose and esteem in life? Our life, our time, our talents, our abilities... All those things together are stewardship that we have from God. Uh, the money I make each week, every month, 
the life I have, what I do with these hands, how I speak with this mouth, what I do with my time, what I do with the, the treasures and the talents I have. You see, all that is a gift from God given to me. And I, I feel this compulsion and this responsibility to, to acknowledge that and to esteem the one who's given me these things as a steward. That it's, it's not mine to choose just whatever I want, that I need to think about God in the equation of my life. And the Bible and Jesus and his teaching makes this clear. Jesus told stories called parables that emphasize the importance of stewardship, of life, of time, of treasure, of talent. And he speaks of the importance of how we spend our life. And we are to redeem the time. I mean, literally what we do with the time we have in a day is something that God pays attention to. And every day is a unique opportunity to serve God and to make a difference and to touch someone's life and, and, and to have worship and joy and experience praise to God. The Lord watches how we redeem, how we use the minutes and hours and days of our life. He speaks to the things that we should invest in. What's worthy of our investment of time, dollar, and life? What we should give ourselves to. And that this giving one day will be acknowledged by God at the great Bema Seat Judgment when we, are, we rise together in the air or meet the Lord after we die. Uh, there will be a Bema Seat, a reward judgment where you and I will be a part of uh, where the Lord will give us in return for that which we have given towards Him. Jesus gave examples of those who stewarded wisely in the Bible. He used, you know, the men who had the talents, and he praised those who used the talents wisely, who invested on the master's behalf, and then he drew attention, our attention to those who stewarded poorly. He, he talked about the widow that Ben mentioned, who, who gave out of, not out of her abundance, but out of her poverty, out of her want. Literally, the text indicates that she gave all she had for that day. She had to trust the Lord for what she would eat the next day and the next because of her gift. And the Lord commends that. And then, of course, we see the opposite in the barn builder, Luke chapter 12, where here's this man who's been given great abundance. And matter of fact, so much so that he had a barn and then he had to build another barn. And at some point, this man stops and reflects and he asked such a good question. And that question was this is, what shall I do? What am I going to do with what the Lord's given me this week? And what am I going to do with the crop that God blessed me with? And what shall I do? It is such a good question. The problem in the text was his answer and reply. And he says, this will I do. And what the man chose, rather than esteeming God who gave him these riches, was to build bigger and better barns. And the Lord directed his attention and his gaze at that man and says, thou fool. You should have invested some of that in the kingdom of God. Stewarding God's resources, wisely or poorly, is all reflective of a choice that we make. The point is pointedly illustrated in the question of the barn builder, in his question and in his reply. You know, the answer to this question, what shall I do and what we choose, you know, that becomes the legacy of our life. It determines our destiny our contribution, our involvement, our investments. You know, how we use our time and talents is something that really is what makes up the character of our life. Some of us, some people, are self-aware enough to realize you're answering that question every day. 
Now, sometimes, you know, it's a sermon's preached and you're thinking, yeah, what am I doing with my life and my time? And, and, and that's important. That's good. But the truth is, every day you get up, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you're answering the question, what shall I do today? What am I going to do with the life that God has given me? What am I going to do with these hands that God has blessed me with in, in the health? What am I going to do with the dollars in my pocketbook? What am I going to do with the voice that I have? What am I going to do? Am I, am I going to be graceful today? Am I going to be kind? Am I going to be compassionate? Am I going to assist somebody in life? Or am I going to be selfish and introverted and, and, and just <clears throat> work on my barns? Every single day we are answering this question. And sometimes we need reminding that our life is really a reflection of those answers. Or sometimes my failure to answer those questions with intentionality. This past week for all of us was about choosing um, some of the choices I made. I chose to go to the gym in the morning and I've chosen to go on a walk. I chose some of the phone calls I made. I chose how hard I would work. I chose what and where I would eat and how much I would spend. I chose how to use my discretionary time, my free time, and what I would do. Um, I chose to spend some time with Terry. And I chose to spend some time with my kids. Really importantly, I chose to spend some time with my grandkids. The ever-expanding herd. <laughs> By the way, we had another one last night. We don't have a name yet, so we're just calling it 13. <laughs> You know, some things happened in my week that I didn't choose. There were some things that intruded, and that's a poor way of saying it, things that happened. Some things that God allowed to come into my life. That was, that's probably the best way to say that. There's some things I didn't choose, but you know, I still chose my response to those things. I chose my spirit and uh, what I would do. And I believe our choice is the closest thing that we have to omnipotence as a human being. Our choosing is, is the gift that God gives us in our autonomy for self-determination in large measure. It's, it's, it's part of the human experience. It's a gift to choose. I believe choosing is incredibly determinative of the life we experience. We often have the life that we invite, that we choose, and sometimes not, but often that's the case. It's certainly true in the text this morning we're reading. There were elements and circumstances in Moses' life that he did not choose. You know, there's the, there's the backdrop to his... His uh, being brought up as a prince in Egypt. There was a great persecution of his people. His mom and dad in great faith set him afloat in a river. A sister followed him. The, the, the daughter of Pharaoh found him. And, you know, the great sovereignty of God, this daughter that was able to take Moses back and allow his mother to have a part in raising him and nursing him. It, it was just God's goodness. But he was raised in, in a great privileged position. And the Bible says, but as he became of age, as he grew up becoming a young adult, that he began to deliberately choose the circumstances and outcome of his life. You see, there was a day when Moses understood there was a recompense, there was a reckoning, there, was a, there were consequences tied to his choices. Now we get that. If we choose to put our hand on a hot stove, we know we're going to get burned. And the proverb is filled with things like that. We do understand there's recompense of reward. There is 
and exchange. There's cause and effect. When I do this, this thing can happen to me. We, we understand we go to work. I, I work for these hours and I get, this, I get this pay in exchange. I treat people this way. I can often expect to get this back. Moses began to cipher that, to understand that. My life's about something. And what is important? And, and he began to look to God, his, his great Savior delivered. And he began to think, you know, how I live is being watched by my great God. And there's going to be a recompense one day. God's given me much. He's put me in a privileged position. What am I going to do with this standing that I have as a prince of Egypt? He had recompense. He understood the consequences of his choices. And Moses was given incredible wealth, opportunity, and power, and position, the sovereignty of God, and the circumstance of his life. But in verse 24, God highlights a specific choice that Moses made. And in this choice, Moses redefined, you know, really the destiny of his life, the outcome of everything that would come afterwards. And this, this choice was this, is that Moses made the choice to impoverish himself. He chose to give up that which the world had given. He chose to even invite hardship. But he understood that in so doing, he might forfeit the world's reward but he would gain God's instead. Amen. See, Moses decided to make God's plans his own. He, had the, he chose to, to get on board of what God was doing. He chose rather. He chose rather than being a prince, and he chose rather than being wealthy. He chose rather than so many things that he could have done. He chose rather to identify with his, the God in heaven, to identify with his people, and to do something with his life that made a difference in their life for his glory and their good. That's what he chose. There have been any numerous things that Moses could have chosen, but this is what he chose. He could have chosen to ride the waves of, the waves of favorable circumstance, but he didn't. When he was confronted, I might say this, when he was confronted the way we've been confronted, that confrontation did something to the heart of Moses. When he saw the need in the suffering of his people, when he heard their cries, um, something happened in his heart and he began to make a different kind of choice. Does it do something to you when you see Brother Unruh in Sri Lanka and all those people? You know, and I, I know it can feel maybe contrived. Hey, those are real people who would have otherwise not heard the gospel minus that man being there. That's a real deal. We've been seeing that for the last month. I mean, there are human beings, I was talking about this in Sunday school today, about 2.7 billion who have not yet heard the gospel clearly. And you and I can maybe have a small part in, in, in these men and women that we support and give dollars to to make a difference there. That's a choice. Moses was confronted with this reality and he says, May I, I, here's what I have. I'm going to make a choice. And I'm going to choose no longer to esteem the riches of the world only. But rather, there's a recompense for my life. There's a recompense for what's in my pocketbook. There's a reference with my hands and my life and my voice. And I'm going to begin to direct that towards God and His people and the great need that exists in the world. He made a choice. He was beginning to indicate the priority of his heart and the priority of his life. The word rather in both Greek and English simply means it's a choice among many choices. There's all kinds of things that can be chosen, 
but the rather is a reflection of our heart. The rather choice is a reflection of what we value. The rather choice is what is important. It, it's really, it's supposed to jive with what is reality. You know, we, we understand this in lesser ways. Um, we make all kinds of choices. So, you know, I, I would choose chocolate over vanilla rather than chocolate's better. Given to me, I'd go play outside rather than watch TV because I enjoy that more. Um, you get the idea. We're making these choices. Moses made a priority among many options to esteem Christ, to respect and acknowledge God, the reality that there was a world of people in need. He, he chose that instead of more barns, of, of adding to what he already had enough of, which, by the way, would, in, in the more and the more would never satiate the desire in his heart to make a difference. To, to make a contribution. That's why he's in the faith chapter. Because he had respect, he esteemed the recompense of the reward of Christ more than the recompense and the reward of the world and what it can bring alone. He made this choice. Well, I'm going to impoverish myself here so that I might gain something of more value over here. Now listen, that trade is what Ben was talking about. That trade sometimes takes faith when what we choose here gets bigger and bigger and bigger. When I'm choosing to play a bigger and bigger part in the kingdom of God and His work, we reach a point where it's not just discretionary, but I'm thinking about it now. I'm thinking about it now. Because now, here's what's happening. This giving here, it's diminishing my lifestyle. You with me? It's subtracting something that I could have, but now I can't have because I want these people to have it. See, that's the kind of giving Ben's talking about. Not the kind of giving, well, here's my five bucks, and by the way, it doesn't change my, alter my life at all. And then here's my 50, now here's my 100, here's my 1,000, and all, there's, there comes a point where all of a sudden faith goes click. And now I, I am diminishing. I am choosing rather. I am choosing not to have this and not to have that and not to have that so that someone else might have that. But oh, by the way, there's still a recompense of reward because God's not a debtor to any man. And when you give, well, that just seems to have a way of finding its way back to you, the Bible says. And that's what Moses is doing here. He was specifically refusing he was refusing more self-indulgence, more self-gratification, more self-investment. He was choosing rather to impoverish himself for others, to align himself with the purposes of God. In our text, it's about giving to help others in need, his people. Paul encourages the same mentality in the Corinthian church. In the text I read earlier, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, for you know, you want to know what being a Christian is all about? It's, not, it's bigger than morality. It's bigger than ethics. That's all part of it. But being a Christian is being like our namesake. It's being like Christ. He came not to be served, but to serve. He came not to be given, but to give. And so eloquently stated in the text, for you know the grace, the goodness, the heart, the love of Christ. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, 
residing in the halls of heaven. For you know his grace, the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, and 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 every soul here this morning who's claimed the grace of God by faith, believing in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, it was his willingness to lay his riches aside to make himself poor, so now you can experience one day the riches that he left. And he says, and by the way, go and do likewise. You're going to be a Christian. I don't mean just a name or title, but like in, in personification. Well, then diminish yourself for someone else's benefit. Give you your time for someone else's good. Go be a blessing to someone. I mean, it's as simple as go take a meal. Go mow someone's yard. Subtract from what would have been your time for their time. Subtract what would have been for your gain for their gain. Like that's the Christian way. You, we lose something in the moment or so it feels. And <laughs> here's what I've learned. Um, it's more blessed to give than to receive. This doesn't, after a while, that, that doesn't feel like a great big sacrifice anymore. It feels like, it's not like a blessing. In the text, we understand that I just read, it's talking about Christ giving up, you know, for the moment, heaven, so we could experience that same reality, but the, the principle applies to all of life. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, in the commendation of the, of the Macedonian churches, they gave in their great trial of affliction, and by the way, they were happy about it, glad for the opportunity. Philippians 2, 4, you know, Paul's just noticing Timothy, and he's looking, you know, he's, he's, trying, he's looking at men who, who are coming after him, and uh, he says, I don't have anyone like him. Because he, he naturally cares for the estate of others. He's willing to pour out his life for you, is what the Apostle Paul said. He's choosing rather to make that choice. This choosing is referenced in the, in the Bible all over and over, Proverbs 13, 7. I think Brother Daniel references this last week. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. And there is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. What is that? That's, that's recompense of reward. That's a paycheck coming from God one day. Proverbs 19, 17, He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord. That's, uh, in other words, and the Lord will repay again. I, 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 there's one text I want you to look at with this morning. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 24 with me. This text has um, long been something I've given thought to. It's a great chapter, Proverbs 24, as they all are. And there's a lot of things being directed and corrected in people's thinking. And again, I'm broadening the application here to missions. Please feel free to make a broader application to this for your everyday life. But here's, again, God confronting us with a choosing rather scenario. Okay? Verse number 11. Verse number 11. It says, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain. 
Okay, stop for a second. Look up here. Let me have your eyes for a second. Just stop there. That could be as you know dramatic as you know people literally being in you know wrongly being taken to prison, people being persecuted and killed. It could just be someone who doesn't have a meal for the day. It, it could be someone crossing the street and, and oncoming traffic. In other words, if you don't intervene, they're going to die. You with me? It could be that practical. In other words, someone's in a scenario they can't do anything about, but you can. Whatever that might be. You make it as dramatic or undramatic as you want to. Okay. So there's someone, minus your involvement, is going to experience some form of negativity in their life. It could be as a stream of death, or maybe injured, or maybe just go without a meal. You follow me? Okay, let's go back. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn to death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? That's a wow. All of our excuses. <laughs> well, I'm too busy to go help that person. I don't have the time to go mow their yard. I don't have enough food to cook them a meal and me too. All those people over there in Sri Lanka, you know, I don't, out of sight, out of mind. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, the one who's watched after you every day, the one who's provided for you day by day, the one who gave you that good job, the one who gave you a car and a house, the one who put you to church like this one, the one who, who's literally saved your eternal soul, doth not he think about what you are doing with the wealth that you have? Does he not ponder your heart? And shall not he render? To every man according to his works. You know, God's just striking a death blow to our excuses. Here's all I have. And you know, if, I, if I put a little bit of this down, I, I could go help that person. Here's all I have. If I would spend some of that instead of this on this. And God's just, huh. Yeah, it's, I don't know how he does it, but he's pondering it. God's looking at you. He's looking at me. I mean, what, ponder? Think about the word pondereth. He's thinking, do he? He's thinking about it. God is giving weighty consideration to what's in my bank account. He's looking at the strength of my hands and thinking, what could be done with these? He's considering the intellect that I have and, and thinking, I wonder why he's choosing to spend the intellect that I gave him on those pursuits. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just saying the God of, that is omniscient and omnipotent, who's given us everything, he thinks about the chil his children and their stewardship. And he especially gives consideration when I could pull some lady from the street who's going to be hit, and I don't. What would we think about that? As an observer, here we are, cars coming. I, I could reach out, maybe endanger myself a little bit, and help this lady. But if you watch me not do that in indifference, would you not have an opinion about that? If you, if you knew my life intimately and you saw how much money I had, and then there's an opportunity for me to give to someone who had less, and you watched me put my hands in my pocket, what would, would you think about that? Of course you would. That's human nature. 
We all have humanity. We're made in the image of God. We have, we have some vestige of understanding what's moral and right, ethical, what we owe each other. And God thinks about it. Part of the Christian life is learning to make these choices. To be willing, when exposed to opportunity, not to say, I knew it not. We do know. We know about the need. We know about the needs across, down the street. And choosing rather to do something about it instead of complain, oh, those people. To make a deliberate choice to give and align ourselves with the purpose of God over our own self-gratification, self-aggrandizement, and to deprive ourselves, not probably of ever need, but want, for the sake of others. Choosing rather to help, to give, to invest, to pity, to have compassion, to be thoughtful. To stand with those who can't stand themselves for that salvation or some need. God expects us to share the character of His Son. And a failure here is a, is a big deal. God pays attention. So today, we're being presented with an opportunity to choose rather. Let me make it just really practical. We're choosing rather. You're choosing. Um, start basic. I'm choosing what $10 would buy me a week. Okay? And I'm going to deposit over here. I'm choosing rather to deny myself of $20 a week and what that might provide me. And it will provide something. Maybe a Starbucks and a, I don't know if I'll buy a McDonald's meal anymore, but whatever. I'm going to choose rather to deprive myself of $20 a week for what the $20 might do for the people in that village in Sri Lanka. And by the way, you give a cup of cold water to them, it's kind of like doing it for Christ. I'm choosing rather to subtract $50 a week from my life. I'm choosing rather to subtract $100. I'm choosing rather to subtract a car payment. Where's Ben? You said something about faith? It's in there somewhere. I'm not sure what dollar figure that gets there. But if God's just your Netflix bill, that's no faith. Or don't feel real smug. God bless you for trying if you're starting. I don't want to diminish that either. It takes faith to start. There comes a point where the Bible indicates there ought to be a diminishment of our life and our lifestyle for the sake of what we can do for other people. And if not, we're not giving proper respect of the recompense of the reward. We respect this recompense more than this one. We all constantly making ourselves poor for gain. Okay? So this principle is already an application. Jeremy, you're doing it. Ken, you're doing it. We're all doing it. We're already doing this. So I live in a house. It's up in Claremore. It's a nice house. I, I, it's a gift from God. I love it. But here's the deal. I'm paying for it. I, I chose to take that money that I make here, and I, 
I've made myself poor, poorer, for the gain of that house. Does that make sense? Okay, so I, I, I diminish from my income what's in my bank account for the recompense of that reward. In turn, I had this, this conversation very specifically. What do we want to do? And so we had a long conversation. Was the recompense of this reward worth that money? And so we were thinking about our kids and a place to put grandbabies to sleep and a place to invite people to church. And by the way, a nice place to live. And we made that choice. And every month we impoverish ourselves a certain amount for the recompense of that reward. Every month we do that. I drive a truck. It's a Dodge Ram truck. It's a pretty cool truck. <laughs> we have one vehicle. We have had for how many years? I don't know, a long time. Um, we've driven one vehicle for a long, long time. And there's no sacrifice in that. We work at the same place. And we live together. You know? It makes it inconvenient sometimes when one of us want to go someplace and we have a conflict. Every once in a while, it's just, it's, what we, it's weird, but we just chose in this world to live with one car. Why? Because we've chosen instead that whatever we could buy with a second car, we've chosen to allot that money to something different. It's just a choice we've made. You follow me? You give the stocks, you buy groceries, you buy a toy, you buy a gun, you buy nicer decorations. You get, we're constantly making ourselves poor, but at the same time, why are we doing that? Because we're recompensing the reward of what we're impoverishing ourselves for. The house is worth it, the car is worth it, the investment's worth it, the people are worth it, whatever, you, you get the idea? We get the concept, God's saying, think about it in terms of the my ability to recompense you for the greater need to give you a greater reward. We're going to do it anyway. You already are doing it. He's just saying, why don't you do it with me in mind? Why don't you do it with them in mind? Why don't you do it with the reality to understand that one day I'm going to look at you as either the Luke 12 barn builder Or the lady who had the two minds. And the truth is, lots of us want to be the barn builder when a lot more of us ought to aspire to be the widow with the minds. Because so I'm wondering where she's living today. And if her barns are any nicer than this guy's barns were on earth. See, we're making the choice every day on all the things we have. We're going to lose, but we gain. You can choose barns, and there's nothing wrong with barns. Nothing wrong with a house, nothing wrong with a car, nothing wrong with two. I don't, you know, I don't even know. I say that, God knows. But I'm saying this, if there's no place for diminishing some of this for the sake of what's over here, then I can say this with all authority, you're making a mistake with your life. You're making a mistake with your money. You're making a mistake with your talents. Some of that that God has given has to go to others in His cause. Amen. It's the Christian way for those who are rich to make themselves poor that they might be rich.